0: guests telling us things we don't know about telling us things we have never done things we have never seen and will never do specialist guests telling us things we don't know about telling us things we have never done things we have never seen and will never do there are specialist guests telling us things we don't know about You've never seen will never... Yeah, <laughs> I just got panicky about the lifeboat man. Mark. Yeah, so we're talking to someone who's a lifeboat man. Did you call him lifeboat men? Well, you said lifeboat man, like a lifeboatman. Uh, lifeboat man. <laughs> lifeboatman. Lifeboat Where's your cap? Oh shit! Fucking hell! Joe's not wearing his lifeboatman cap.
1: Right. This is not a joke. I've had an RLNI cap. On and off for about 30 years. Like I'll have one, I'll lose it, I'll buy a new one. But I've never seen this
0: one. I've always gone traditional. What is a lifeboatman or woman? What do you mean? I don't know. I was just making sure that I know what they are.
1: It's someone who works for the RNLI and yeah. they usually there's you usually like mostly volunteers. There's a few permanent staff members and they are on call to Basically, kind of rushing out to sea.
0: They're the ambulance men and women of the sea. Yeah. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes. Basically, I was thinking, yes, yes. But they, well, they rescue, they rescue, don't they? They they, they have, they have, um... right. This is weird. You know, my, you know, when you record audio on QuickTime? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. I thought you were going to give me a lifeboat anecdote. <laughs> no. You know, you know, when you and, and it shows you the volume of it, yeah, Mine hardly moves with this new mic. Great,
0: <laughs> great stuff, <laughs> fucking hell. So, so then uh, and they rescue people that now this is weird. I'm not leaning into it's In
1: 1842. His mic.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. The
1: first lifeboat, <laughs> anyway. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, they rescue people, don't they? And they they have they have. Yeah, I didn't know what they
0: were. I knew exactly what they were. Yeah.
1: But you know you know Mike is on the Thames. No. Yeah, he he does he's one of the very I think there's only like two or three on the Thames.
0: Sorry, we've got a message from Addie Goldstein and it's a recorded message. So It could yeah, be right. from anyone, like a U Bank, or so. <laughs> anyway, that's a different. <laughs> could be U It could be literally we've, <laughs> anyone.
1: We've almost talked about the L R. <laughs> almost. Uh, <laughs> I know. I really want to click it now. No. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he's a he's a he's a Chiswick, so he's on the Thames, and there's I think there's Central. It's more of a central one as well. And then there's... So he uh,
0: rescues people on the Thames? Yeah, like rowers and stuff like what that. What do you want to know?
1: Uh, I, I want to know how it fits in with his life. I've always thought this one thing, which is a bit weird. God, I don't.
0: What? I said God, I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know how it fits in no, with his I life? No, I want to
0: know what, what, who and what he's rescued.
1: Okay, I want to know how it fits in with his life. There's yeah. one thing I want to know as well. Can you have a when you're on call and you're at home, can you have a glass of wine?
0: Hmm. then then I'm happy for the interview to stop. Uh, it's on Twitter, I, I follow this Twitter account called Fascinating or something. It's quite good. Is it fascinating? Yeah, they sort of come up with uh see if I can find it. But it is linked to what we're um What why are we looking at fascinating? It's about some guy who um in his boat Here it is. Harrison O'Kaney spent 60 hours underwater in darkness after his boat capsized 20 miles off the coast of Nigeria and sank to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, did he have air in the boat? He was discovered alive by divers who were sent to recover dead bodies.
1: So the boat must have kept some air in the hull or something?
0: Yeah, there's a picture of him. I'll send it to you. That's quite mad, isn't it? Bottom of the ocean. Oh, you don't know what's around the corner. <laughs>
1: Who took that?
0: That's true. Who took the fucking photo at <laughs> the bottom of the ocean? Is Harris Akina a bullshitter?
1: I don't say that. Yeah, because he's not Actually,
0: it. maybe the divers. fucking out divers come up and go. Yeah, but maybe they had a, a camera on their wetsuit. Yeah. God, imagine that. Anyway, it's
1: got lots sort of uh, admin around him, isn't
0: it? I don't feel like I'm fully relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mark. Oh, oh, we can't hear you, Mark. Can't hear you, Mark. Which is absolutely perfect <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs> you have now got 15 minutes to. <laughs> How's here. that? Oh. can you hear me?
2: One, <laughs> extreme,
1: <laughs> one extreme to the other.
2: Am I coming through loud and clear, or too loud or too clear? No, that's no, no, great.
1: It's great. It's great, pin sharp
2: yeah Pinshot. i've got an interface this isn't my first rodeo it's uh it's my it second not? oh who, who's no who else have you spoken to on, on no 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 call? i I, well, I i do like cheesy voiceovers and stuff so i've got a little voiceover. Do set, you? Uh, you got one of these Pinshot type settings. things what one of these type things yeah it's, it's exactly what i've got what a scarlet focus right interface what yeah. Yeah.
0: so does your mic go where how do you at- do that? <laughs> <Fucking
2: hell. laughs> i genuinely want to know how you attach it so what you do is you attach the back of that into the computer like so that goes into one of these leads into the uh, fire thunder stick or whatever and then you just put your mic lead into the front here right and you adjust the knob to the uh to the type of gain that you need to how loud you need it to be and then you're sort of off and running why is that better than a usb well not better but why what's the this thing's got a preamp in i mean how bored would you like to be these Please these, mics I've got, enjoying it. these mics have got two capsules and they basically work together um using electricity and these boxes can can start the capsules Zooning moving out. Capsules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how do you
2: know this how do you know that there's two things in a mic that Bob, up and down. Um, because I'm, I'm a recording musician, I suppose. And uh, oh. well, you've got two of them side by side. Why? Right.
0: Why have I? I don't even know what they do. <laughs>
2: you were going to send me one, weren't you?
0: Yeah. Where did you, you recommend London? me using it rather than a USB? Uh,
2: I mean, what what you you sound perfect now, but this will just oh. make you sound ultra great and polished. But yeah, you know, okay. it depends how polished you want it to be. I want to sound really polished. Are sound... you in London, David? Um, no, I'm in Devon. Oh, right. Oh, Whereabouts? Yeah. Uh, near Totnes? So I lived in Exmouth for about 10 years. So Where is Exmouth? Being? Do you know Ex- Exeter? So yeah. if you do Exeter to the coast, like down the River X, it's just, it's like the nearest.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, nearest
2: near to Topsham? It. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Oh, like, right. Um, Lovely. Yeah. It's the town between Topsham and Exeter, basically. I'm looking at, oh, it, okay. Ex- I'm
1: looking at Exmouth on the map. Yes. Nice. Exeter's down the River X. How long your, did you live there yeah. for?
2: About ten years or so. I was born and raised in London, and uh, then for basically secondary school, it got a bit rough in London. My mum was a teacher, and in, in the course of sort of a week, she got threatened with a pistol, a a, a starting pistol, a knife, and a cosh. So my dad was like, "You know what? We're just going to move." So we did. He he changed, uh, he changed offices with his job, and we moved down to Devon, basically for secondary school. And then, what was that in the nineties? Is that the nineties? Yeah, early nineties. That would have been yeah. Oh. So where'd you go to school in exmouth so i actually went to sidmouth college which is just along the coast um so we sort of lived in exmouth on near the seafront near the lifeboat station hence my obsession with lifeboats well
1: that's what i was going to say, did you are is that where you are an ally affiliation yeah,
2: okay. yeah. so we we were proper close to the uh we were proper close to the lifeboat station we used to go down and watch them train watch them launch and all the rest of it and uh it was yeah it was beautiful it was really uh really, really? so
0: as a yeah. kid you 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 liked it or wanted to be one yeah. and now you
2: are yeah yeah Shit. so we used to we, we we went on so before i was 10 i guess i was like five or so we went down to Exmouth, and saw the lifeboats train and launch and then got got handed out pamphlets and stuff and became like a fan club member they used to have something called the storm club uh storm force for for like kids and they'd invite you to open days and we went to an open day in Lyme, Regis, and then one in Poole, and we watched them exercise, and we watched them go fire around in blue lights in big, powerful boats. And I was like, "That, that's wicked. That's really good fun. Yeah.
0: God, my boys would bloody love that.
2: Yeah. I'd love it. Well, absolutely. Next time you're in town, and or next time you're in London, and you're around sort of West London or whatever, I guess you'd come in this side, wouldn't you? Come to Chiswick, and we'll, we'll get you out on a boat. We'll, we'll show them around it. They put life jackets on. And we'll... So Joe said you're on the Thames? Yeah so right.
0: basic question do you rescue people who have you know
1: rowing and things like, i said rowing when i, I don't know what i said today. rescue you, rowers yeah so do you rescue
0: well, do you, people you rescue people on the thames then come yeah into, so
2: that's that's bizarrely enough people people think that you know like coastally what what's busy i guess dover is super busy pools very busy all those places that are, are beautiful seaside places are always busy but the two busiest stations in the whole of the iron line network and and, and probably Europe as well are on the Thames. No, their tower, yeah, their Tower Lifeboat Station, which is at Waterloo Bridge, it's temporarily moved because they fitted it up, and us at Chiswick, and I volunteer at both those two stations, predominantly really? at Chiswick, and um, and they're the two busiest stations. So Tower last year had over seven hundred shouts. Chiswick yeah. had two hundred and fifty-five. So it's um, it's by far the busiest two stations in in the R network, and it it runs the gambit from everything so it's a commercial river so you get power boats you get clippers you get um commercial Sorry, what's a clipper what's a clipper, so I should the clipper know. is basically a, a river taxi the uber boats right. Basically. yeah they go from stop to stop the entire length of pretty much the commercial part of the river so you've got super you've got loads of traffic they break down boats need tows. um it's a really tidal river so um anybody that ends up in it get swept away at about six knots now an olympic swimmer swims about six knots and that's Fuck. the strength of the tide so if you end up in the water shit. it's not buoyant like the sea is because it's not salt water it's brackish towards oh, the estuary right. part. shit! So, yeah. and, and people go in if they've if they've just hang they've on can we do this in,
0: in detail i've I'm, I'm a, i've yeah. gone to a boat party i'm hammered
2: i'm mucking around on the boat i fall in what happens to me somebody would hopefully see you fall in and if they cared enough about you they'd raise the alarm and uh the skipper would get on the radio and uh send out how long, they, I got? Are,
0: how long have i got before i'm
2: it, it down depends the river on, yeah it, it all depends on so many things i mean if you go in by a bridge because that six knots of tide is firing in if you get swept into an eddy so if you imagine that the bridge stanchions are holding like this so, if you imagine the bridge stanchions yeah. are holding up like this, yeah. and that water's firing at six knots past that, past that bridge. Yeah. When it gets to the other side, there's a void. Yes, you can see
1: it, can't you? There's like a yeah. there's like a triangle of water that. I'm <laughs>
0: absolutely yeah. loving this. So, if you <laughs> get
2: if you fall off that bridge and you fall into that void, or you get swept around yeah. the bridge and you fall into that void, you just get churned around and around and around and around. And, what does that mean churned around like let's like just well you'll get you'll get sucked under by the force of the force oh. of the current and um sucked and under. E- even the strongest swimmers you know we've had people we had unfortunately um towards the end of last year a lady you know was despondent jumped off the bridge uh in, a, in an attempt mm. to take her own life and a, a guy who was a champion swimmer in his youth really really strong swimmer jumped in to save her she managed to cling onto a boy and and he he got sucked under and and and, and died and unfortunately because of the because of the nature of the tide it changes a few times a day so it's either flooding out sorry flooding in or ebbing out and it's only when that tide changes and those eddies let go so to speak that a body will float up or it might get trapped under a pier or trapped under a barge or um, oh. unfortunately hit by one of the commercial vessels. So it really is the, uh, an insanely dangerous river. You know, people, Is people, this happening every day, this sort of incident? Every, every single day, yeah.
1: And so when yeah. you're on call, like if you're down in C- Torquay or whatever, you, you, you've you got like not much, you know, you, you've got probably quite quiet shifts as well as stuff happening. But in London, you're going in, you're going, right, something's good. we're going out. We're well, more than likely we're going out
2: yeah so one of the one of the the rnli basically as an organization is a pager organization so you'd be in your house i'd be in my house and then all of a sudden the 999 call comes into the coast guard and they'll right. press the button on the pages and then everybody who's near that station will fire towards that station and launch the boat now because london is so busy yeah, and because there do? are so many incidents uh, the tower gravesend And Chiswick on the Thames are one of only five or six stations that are manned full time because the the, the response is time critical. We need to be launched within 90 seconds because somebody enters the water there and they don't, they haven't got long. Um, And so what we do is we're crewed 24-7. So we do shifts of 12 hours. So we do either 7am to 7pm, a day shift, or 7 p.m. till 7 a.m., a night shift. So there's always a team of four people ready to go as soon as the bell goes. So if you do
1: like an evening thing, you might have to even shift, you might have to work there. the next day, you just have to kind of factor in. You might be...
2: That's exactly it. Yeah. Well, so if you're, if you're good, if you're good at managing your diary. So my job takes me sort of all over the place and, you know, you might be making an album or you might be on tour with somebody, but in the downtime, I can just look at my diary and see which days are free and go, okay, I could do a shift there. I can block out that 12 hours and I can do a shift there and block out that 12 hours. And when you're doing a night shift, because obviously people have work, normal civilians that have got day jobs have work the following day. When that happens, we've got bunk rooms. So the idea is just like a fire station. If you're in for a (laughs) night shift, you get in seven o'clock, make yourself something to eat, maybe go out and exercise, do some training on the water and then come back and get your head down in the bunk room. And of course, if the bells go in the night, then you're you're out of your bunk and you're on the you're on the water straight away.
1: It's mad. But, uh,
2: What's the most common time to be called out? It's it's unfortunately there is zero commonality to any of it. There's no. It's not that Sundays are busier than Mondays. It's not that Wednesday night is a busy night. It's there are a few nights. So you can pretty much guarantee that New Year's is going to be busy. You can guarantee that Christmas Day and Boxing Day's um, going to be busy because people get very despondent around those times so unfortunately yeah incidents sort of go up but really as to as to you know i've had saturday nights where it's been like okay it's saturday night it's the world cup final it's this it's that it's going to be a super crazy night and we just sit in the station twiddling our thumbs and then you can go on on a tuesday daytime and you can get four calls somebody on a on a houseboat's had a cardiac arrest or um two two boats have collided in the reach and one of them sinking or boats on fire there's Lichick. just no rhyme or reason to any of it
1: and how do you feel like when when it, when the alarm goes and you what do you get do you get like a a message saying the type of incident it is or what, yeah. what happened?
2: so we've got a bell which is attached to a hotline to the coast guard so when you ring 999 uh, and say oh look i'm up I'm at uh, Putney Bridge and a um, boat's just capsized and there's a bunch of people swimming around it. The Coast Guard will scramble us, we'll will, will basically press his button and it comes straight to our station and he'll get us on the way. So we're straight away headed towards the destination, so in this, in this, uh, in this instance, Putney Bridge. And then when we're on the way, we'll get a rough briefing. Okay, we had a nine nine on our radios. We've had a nine 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 call saying that a, st- a bypasser has seen this boat go over, and there's four people swimming around. So we'll get to the scene as quickly as possible. Kind of get briefed on the way, and then on the way, the team on the boat will come up with a plan. Okay, so the tide's coming in, so they're going to be coming towards us, or the tide's going out, so the tide will be they'll be going away from us. And there's a bridge near there, so we need to be careful that you know. Or there's a clipper stop so there's a a uber taxi coming in a boat taxi so there's lots of water traffic there you know you're making all these decisions in your head when you're on the way there and then when you're on scene you do an on-scene assessment you hopefully get the people out of the water um and everybody goes home for tea and biscuits from the moment that that person has
0: rung 999 how long has it taken for you to get to the scene so we can
2: get anywhere on our patch in 15 minutes So the idea is, and your patches, so starting to Chiswick, going west up to where, and east to where. So we go outbound, i.e., towards the sea, downriver into central London, yeah, up to sort of Battersea Bridge, maybe Albert Bridge. Do you know Albert Bridge? Yeah, yeah, Battersea Albert Bridge. It's quite a distance. It's quite. That's quite a distance, yeah. Um, And the other way, we come out of Chiswick, and if we turn right and go inbound or upstream, yeah, uh, we go up to sort of Richmond, Richmond Lock. Okay, shit, so it's quite a... But then, of course, you know, if if one of our flanking stations, say if Tower is doing an incident, is looking after an incident at Tower Bridge because something's happened there, and somebody rings and goes, somebody's jumped into the water outside the O2, then one of the flanking stations, i.e. us, will pick that call up. So although they're kind of the parameters we work in between, all the way from Richmond up in, up in the west down to sort of Battersea, Chelsea in the east... Um, or 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 east of us it, it they're you
1: can, not you can you can go a lot further if yeah there's turn. not
2: yeah, they're not defined parameters as such.
1: And do you have different types of boat that you could go out because a lot of life boat stations have different sizes, don't I guess we're going out to sea so, distance yeah. and stuff do you have do you have one type of boat on there?
2: so in on the Thames, we've got a very Thames specific boat called the e-class so um, it's a jet boat, and that's really, really handy because um, they operate in very shallow water because instead of having propellers at the back, they work like a jet ski. So they suck in water through the bottom of the boat and then they fire it out of the jets at the back, just like a jet ski. So it means that there's nothing grinding on the floor, which is great because it means if you're picking people up, they're not gonna get mashed up by propellers. And also it means that you can operate in much shallower water because the Thames tidal range is about seven meters on springs and further up the river towards Scion Park, towards Brentford, We're operating in a foot of water so if we have to fly through that at low tide it's imperative that a we know where we're going and we know which sort of channel to take that's going to be the deepest and b that we've got that jet boat so it's not going to grind over stones on the bottom of the bottom of the river and disable the boat but those jet boats are thames specific there's four of them or five of them and is that the 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 only boat you use that's the only boat we use yeah right on, on the exception of actually coming up this weekend is the boat race the oxford and cambridge boat race. Oh, that's
1: this, week? oh, right? okay. this
2: weekend that's sunday so it runs all the way through um that runs all the way through chiswick basically right past our station and in addition to those two main jet boats that we've got we're gonna have nine little ribs so they sort of three-man ribs and each of them will be stationed at equal distances around the corner of the course so we've got line of sight of the whole thing so we can radio We've just seen somebody go so, in over so there. So you're
1: so you're on the water from certain time. You're basically yeah. At, oh, is it Saturday or
2: Sunday? It's Sunday. Yeah, Saturday's like a practice run, and then Sunday's the one that's televised. Yeah. So you're so you'll be on the water all day, basically making sure. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. making sure that people are safe. If I fell in the
0: in the water, just uh, take any part of the Thames. Um, how long have I got?
2: Well, it depends on loads of factors. It depends on the tide. It depends on how strong a swimmer you are. And also, uh, you might have heard of cold water shock. Maybe not. Yeah. But not everybody yeah, has. Yeah. So, cold water shock is have you ever jumped in the shower and somebody's turned a tap on? And it's freezing cold and you've ended up in the shower and it's, yeah. you know, what's the first thing you do? Usually scream. Yeah. Scream, right? But before that scream, you do this. <gasps> oh, yes. You're taking that inhalation of water. Now, if you fall in the water, and, and it's a very very cold river and you fall in the water and you're underneath the water and you take in that involuntary gasp yeah that's the problem yeah so you you're already you've already sort of losing the battle and you you, you, you know if you don't drown or you're able to get to the surface to take another breath um that's cool but that cold water shock as well um all the blood rushes to your organs in your body away from the surface to try and keep them warm. And that can bring on aneurysms and strokes and heart attacks if your heart isn't very strong. um You can get hypothermia. You Mark, know, you can. Mark, last summer we started jumping in the river dart. Oh, right.
0: Yeah. Is that safe? It's <laughs> fucking cold.
2: It's, it's really cold. And provided you've got other people around you who can raise the alarm, provided you know what to do, we, we're not out to yuck anyone's yum. You know, have a good time, enjoy. But You know make sure that you take a method of calling with you so if you if you went to the river dart on your own and took all your clothes off without a mobile phone and jumped in that would probably not be very smart Uh, but if there's a group of you who are capable and able to swim and uh, you know raise the alarm and you enter the water slowly if if you're going to do something like that enter the water slowly right acclimatize yourself get used to it and then maybe check that the area is safe and then maybe you can have a bit more adventure after that. That would probably yeah.
1: be. I imagine point. you don't hurl yourself in, David. I imagine you're looking at all factors while you're diving in. I think Dave's yeah. probably wind direction and so on are still yeah. taken in. But I can't Dave imagine tonight. you just go,
2: fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> River Dart's very nice. The River Dart Country Park. We used to go there as little. Oh, as yeah.
0: Don't get me started. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Was your, was your station featured? Because I remember I'm a big um i love the twat the big uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll edit that out mark that one we'll make sure i look like a clever clogs all the way through <laughs> yeah. um was your station featured on the the document you know the bbc documentary
2: yeah saving lives at sea yes, yes. Oh, when was that i thought
1: your station because i remember they went to a london one and i went oh petra they got a london one yeah so they it was, we, we've it was got, your one yeah we still got,
2: on iplayer it, it might be, you know. It, in fact, it was repeated on BBC Two the other night. Do you know there was that match of the day thing with Gary Lineker? Oh, yeah. 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 I, think, I think they showed, because there was pro. covered all day, We basically bailed them out. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. But yeah. There's four
0: series.
2: It's fantastic. I think. No, they I think, come oh, between different stations, don't they? Don't seven. They? Oh, wow. I think there's like seven seasons. But seven. I, I, you're right. Yeah. So, so, we were. So, Tower's been on it. Gravesend's been on it. Chiswick's been on it. We've been on it a bunch of times. There Eastbourne. was one that, that was uh, Eastbourne. Yeah, there was been, there's been one where there's there was a cat rescue. Have you seen that where we went Yes. And then, that was me? I was the one that got murked off by that sodding cat.
1: Oh, my God. I thought I recognised. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But,
2: yeah. Big fan. Big fan. thought you recognised the panicked eyes. Yeah, yeah, I know that guy. He's a cat. Shit. Yeah. So what was that yeah. like filming that? It's, it's, so we've got um, GoPros and stuff on our lids, really, really, for um, to capture. Because the RNLI is, at its basis, a, a, a publicly funded endeavour. It's it's completely reliant of public funds. There's no government funding. There's no private equity funding or anything like that. It's it's basically everything we make goes back into the organisation, and it's all done through fundraising. And part of that fundraising is showing what we do showing going out to rescue people showing this and that and publicizing it through shows like saving lives at sea and then hopefully people will get in their pockets and go those guys saved my dad's life or my son's life or something and then we'll and then we'll um give back
1: isn't it mental that it has to be funded through through um charity donations isn't that like yes
2: yes yes and no saving people's lives it's It's an emergency service yeah Yeah. but we'd much rather have it that way really let me give you an example right so you know all the stuff that's happening in the channel now right some people are very much for picking up migrants who whose boats fail in the middle of the in the middle of the channel and these people are drowning oh you can just cut out the
1: politics yeah we
2: go out and save that but can you imagine the government receiving pressure from lobbyists saying oh what are you picking up immigrants for in other words, we're a charity and we're volunteers are we who, are, who yeah. give up our time to go and yeah. save lives now it doesn't yeah. matter who they are it doesn't matter the color the creed the age or anything we don't want anything getting in the way of us being able to go out and save them we'll bring them back and then it's up to you it's up to border control it's up to whoever else if you yeah, there, yeah. you do it, that yeah. yeah you do that it's all cool our job is to just make sure they're alive. And um and if they're not to give them medical medical care, do whatever we can to sort of save them. But as soon as politics comes into play, as soon as there's any sort of government funding, we can't make those decisions because it becomes political.
1: Sad that's an element that you have to think about though. You yeah. know what I mean? The fact that you go, No, it's easier if we fundraise because politics is that
2: messed up. Yeah. And it's is but it's 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 a really nice thing to do as well. It's community outreach. I mean, so many people don't know that there's lifeboat stations on the Thames, much less that they're the busiest stations in, you know, in the yeah. country. I wouldn't have um, guessed
1: they were the busiest,
2: I have to admit. No. It's yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? But if you think as a metropolis, London's busy twenty-four-seven, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. Not everybody's going for a swim on Brighton Beach every day of the year, or if they do, they probably know what they're doing for the most mm. part. Yeah. So have you lifeboated in other parts, or has it always just been London? It's always been the Thames. Yeah. It's always been the Thames, just because if you, if you are lifeboating, so as I was saying before about the pager, you know, if you're in Totnes or if you're in Exmouth or any of those places, mm. you know, sort of wherever you are, coastally, you've got to be about a five minute drive or a certain catchment area near yeah. the lifeboat station. Cause if they paged me and said, we need to launch the boat from Eastbourne, I'm like, right, well, I'll be there in about an hour and 45 minutes. So mm. you've got to be, they've got to be people that work and live by the lifeboat yeah. station yeah, yeah. and unfortunately living in London. That's not really something I can do. I'd love to if I was if I if I lived coastally. It would Washington. be lovely
1: to live five yeah. minutes from Chiswick,
2: heaven,
1: <laughs> it? Yeah. Mm. Well there I mean, nice. are yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry to interrupt the pod, I hope you're enjoying it, but um, just wanted to tell you that we have a Patreon page you can join if you're enjoying what we do, Ooh. and you can get even more of us. Oh, can you imagine? Oh. So as little as £3 a month, you can get early access to podcasts, behind the scenes bits and bobs, we post pics and videos of what we're up to, and there's even an opportunity to come on the show, if that's what you fancy. There's access to our Discord channel, where the serious Chatterbiscuits gather and chat Nonsense It's basically a really lovely community of idiots like us And I'm guessing probably like you So uh, if you fancy that Go to patreon.com forward slash Chatterbix Now
0: Enjoy the rest of the pod Patreon Give it to me Patreon I need it girl Patreon Give it to me Patreon I need it girl I've got a really stupid question. Cool. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> do you think there's anyone in um, the history of the Thames has fallen in and been dragged along the river and out to sea? No. <laughs> you can't. You can't do that.
2: No, I mean it's because by the time one of the you best
0: get... questions,
2: <laughs> I saw you losing asked. confidence in your eyes. But... Yeah, it, it sort of waiting. No. Yes. Uh, yes.
0: i appreciate you giving the question time uh, no, do short... by the way you i'm just imagining have... just doing that for two hours and, yeah
2: and how see the thing is, is. is because the tide changes every every few hours it's roughly four and eight out or eight you know eight and four yeah um by the time you travel four hours down the river the tide's turned and you're coming back in so uh no okay not really from chiswick <laughs> But I enjoyed the question. I enjoyed the- <laughs> it's not a bad little question, <laughs> no. though. Just it was- a super little question. I've got He's- another one.
0: How many bodies are there in the Thames? Uh, I would imagine an awful lot.
2: I'm I've
1: heard that there's a fact. That's one of those horrible London facts. What? Isn't it? Yeah. What?
2: See, see, because the Thames. The, so the Thames, when you look at it, is is sort of a bit. When you come into London, you look at the Thames. It's a bit brownie. It looks a bit muddy. It's not. Believe it or not. It isn't the cleanest river in the world. It's not as bad as it used to be, but that's not dirt. That's mud. So the bottom of the bottom of the river is all silty and muddy. Um, and of course, when the tide turns, it churns all that up. So it always looks a bit brown. But if you were to take a glass, like a pint, and just sort of scoop out the uh, out the Thames and just put it on the side, after about forty-five minutes, all that silt would settle, and the water would look fairly clear. And there'd be a bit of mud at the bottom. Now the problem is the bottom's all silt. So if somebody's gone down over the years. That's just been silted over. And then, of course, somebody else went down and then that got silted over. And we go back hundreds of years. I mean, the, the, the London was settled around the Thames. So for millennia, for as long as you can imagine, there's probably been people dumping stuff in there, bodies, guns, and all the rest of it. And what yeah, have you so, found? What have you found? <laughs> have you ever heard of Asda? So some of their beautiful oh, yes. shopping trolleys, some of their wonderful We're
1: hoping toys. to get some of their sweet advert
0: oh nice
2: Nice.
1: at
0: some point yeah what's the (laughs) best thing have you found ever found anything said roger look what i've just found
2: i found a radio uh that was worth about 185 quid and uh put it up on put it up on you know river accounts on facebook anybody lost this radio tried to track down the owner or the rest of it and then uh nobody did so uh, where did you find the
1: radio on the bottom what floating on the
2: river so as in it was in the mud on the foreshore and when the tide went out it exposed this radio that was, was stuck it still working in the mud. it was still because ra- they're waterproof that's a hell of a bloody radio hell of a product yeah that's a, that's <laughs> a, honestly
1: whoever made that radio fair play
2: yeah oh so i tried to find its owner and then when we couldn't we stuck it up on ebay and uh, and gave the money back to the station oh. uh, but about 185 quid radio so that was a nice little touch but people make livings, believe it or not, like further down the river in town, you get uh, like uh, m- what are called mud larkers. So they're, yeah. they're basically walking up and down Isn't the foreshore. is Johnny
0: Vaughan a mud larker? Johnny Vaughan's them.
2: Oh, is mm-hmm. he? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think could so. be. And what do they do? So when the tide goes out, areas are foreshore. They look like beaches. In fact, do you know where the oxide building is? Yes.
0: Joe, Johnny Vaughan's done a series called Mud Men, and it's all about
2: this on the town Oh, yes, go. please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, if you've ever been taken up the up the Oxo Tower, um, yeah, I wonder what you're going to say there. <laughs> That's, yeah. what, she That's said. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: taken up the Oxo Tower. <laughs>
2: yeah. Cool.
0: Oh, I wish.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a nice. You lifeboat guys. <laughs> oh, you're <man>. the <laughs> That's great. The Oxo Tower. <laughs> Better than getting <laughs> taken up the Shard. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, right right by <laughs> for one example, right by where that Oxo tower is, sea sea yeah. containers. It dries out there. It looks like almost the beach. Yeah. So when the tide goes out, it exposes that area of foreshore. And on the other side as well, it's fairly rocky and and you you know, you get people professionals who make good livings out of finding coins, like Roman yeah. coins, the blooms, jewels. I love to pops. do that all the rest of it. It's really interesting. You have to get a license. You have to go to the PLA uh, to get a license to Port of London Authority, but you can look it up online and maybe give Johnny Vaughan a ring, get some get some tips on where to find stuff. They go along with metal detectors and stuff.
1: Yeah, and there's well, those magnet fishermen. Joe, this is
0: right yeah, up yeah. your strata. Yeah. Mudlarks. Mud oh, right, I know what I'm doing later. Mudlarking, yeah. Here's, here's another question. I'm walking along the Thames. I'm looking at the Thames. How deep is it?
2: So it really, it really varies. I mean, if, if, just, for example, say it's low tide, we've got parts of our patch that go down to maybe a foot and a half. So really, really shallow in mm-hmm. places. Um, and then the commercial part, so maybe around Tower Bridge, you, you go down to sort of 15, 20 metres at times. So it, it right. runs a gambit from from really deep to not very deep and everything in between. What's that on John, like? <laughs> uh, he is i just wanted to throw the listeners what
0: was he asked that for you'll find he out is
2: absolutely hilarious like really funny hang really on we've funny. got to explain to the listeners <laughs> no, let's, not. <laughs> let's not
1: let's not let's not really let, let's, let's talk for five minutes about elton john <laughs> and then explain if that's all right
2: yeah of course yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so he's he's really really funny <laughs> Sharp as a tap. <laughs> um, Talking
1: about the depth of the one tune. of the best life boatmen I've ever worked with. And he's super talented
2: <laughs> and he can rig a, he can rig up a boat like no man's business. <laughs> oh
0: flip.
1: <laughs> um,
2: uh, so
0: right, let's explain what, what that. I mean, can we jump about? Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like I'm finished about. with yeah, we are uh, where we are now. But yeah. <laughs> You're a musician, oh, aren't you, Mark?
2: I am. My my day job is a, a, a freelance musician or what Like it was called a session musician back in the olden days. God, you must so, be bloody good. I'm all right, yeah. I'm, I, I do you, all do right. What you play? I play drums, yeah. Oh. <sighs> so I do drums and percussion and I, I play a little bit of guitar and a little bit of bass, not really I bet much. I you play that well. But yeah, it's all right. But um, there are people that do that sort of stuff much better than I do. But my main job is I, I play the drums. So I am I play on albums and stuff. So like you 2 okay, and... Now. You two, for example, they're a band. So when they go out and tour, they go out as a band. When they make records, they go out as a band. But people like Elton John or Tom Jones or Ed Sheeran, when they're in the studio making music, they need musicians to play on their albums. And when they tour, they need musicians to tour with them. Uh, And that's what I do. And you You you, are the best
0: guest we've ever had.
2: (laughs) Best guest we've ever had. Honestly. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it's and we can you know, flip flop between Elton John <laughs> and Chiswick seamlessly and mudlarkers, both wildly middle class and white. So there you go. <laughs> when did you start? When did you pick up the drumsticks? So I there's uh, there are really nice stories that I've formulated over the years, but the actual truth is we went on a holiday to our first family holiday to Greece. And um, there, we, we were staying at a place that had club reps at, you know, and there was a children's club. And the guy who was the did all the best activities was the head of the children's club. All the girls fancied him. All the boys wanted to be him. He played drums in the house band. So every night after dinner, you'd go in to watch the cabaret or the show or whatever, and he was playing drums. And one night, this uh, kid, he was younger than I was. He must have been like 10 or 11 years old got up and played. They were like, oh, there's a young lad in the audience who plays drums. He's going to get up and sit in. He's going to play my girl, that song, the temptation song. Um, and he went and played it and everybody just lost their shit. And it was like, oh my God, he's so good. And I just looked around at my mom and was like, I want to do that. That I want to do that. That's amazing. That's brilliant. And at the time, for some reason, I wanted to play the trombone just because I thought it sounded funny. And yeah. After that, I came back. I, I bought a pair of drumsticks. Got donated a, a drum pad, and my parents bought me a snare drum. were like, if you're serious about this, we'll buy you a kit. But that was it. Yeah, it was in uh, it was in Greece, and it was because the holiday. It, rep because of was the coolest cool.
1: man you'd ever seen in your life.
2: What are you doing now? Before then and since, you know, I've never yeah, seen anybody. I don't think get much cooler than.
0: Do you think? Do you think anyone can learn it? Then,
2: yeah, there's no question. Yeah. No,
1: I try and do that. That that thing in drum where you add something, you know, yeah.
2: you know that's, I'm out, can't do it. So right, right. Take your right hand and your right right foot at the same time and play them together. Just hit them together. What? So just go like this. Oh, I see. I
1: see. I thought foot on hand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so you're playing your foot and your right hand at yeah. the same time. And yeah. now just play your hands together without your feet. Yeah. Yeah. And then do it again. So it goes boom. Ah, and that's a drum beat i mean it's really as 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 easy as that and then the next
1: you sort of lost me a little bit
2: i've done it was it right was
0: it that i can't get my head around you're you're at the back of the stage or wherever you are and you're keeping everyone in time yeah
2: that's it. But it's literally that, that thing I, I just showed you. So right foot and right hand together and then two hands together. That's it. And then you add a bit more. You might put another beat in or you might put a bit more on the bass drum. or It might be slower or faster. But really, that governs the tempo of the whole band. So what everybody also is the listening
1: coolest. to. Is it the coolest as well? It's
2: Well, without without doubt, I reckon it's the coolest. Yeah. yeah just double check. What? what yeah. I,
1: I yeah. Well, so. it look, looks the coolest when, you know, you're giving it the old, uh, what's the, the Muppets guy, Animal?
2: animal yeah so it's it's really difficult to look cool playing you know the sousaphone or the trombone or something yeah. like that but drums it's you know it's hot and sweaty and there's lots of physical motion There's sticks are moving around here Can you do know the chuck ch-
1: up in the air and catch
2: it chucking up in the air spinning the sticks, setting yourself on fire all that fun stuff oh and then you,
0: you must be amazing at it though if you're a session if people need you in the studio you must be very very good
2: I'm all right, but I've I've uh, yeah I I suppose I am, but I've worked really hard at it, but but not really. Yeah, we all I don't, have, mate. I don't, we all uh, have, mate. I don't. It's it's paying it's you know it's paying you it's paying your dues. You know you don't you you don't only think about comedy or of funniness or whatever it is when you're on a gig, right? It's just in you, and you care about it all the time, and you pay your dues. You start working in you start working circuits, and you go to open mic nights or comedy nights or whatever, and then. You know, it gets bigger and people notice you and you get breaks and then you go along for the ride with someone else. It's the same with it's the same with music. It's the same with drums. You know, I, I was obsessed. So I would come home from school in my lunch break. So I used to have to travel 20 minutes to school, 20 minutes back. I'd travel 20 minutes to school, just play the drums for 20 minutes and then get back on the bus to go to school. No. I was obsessed. I just wanted to play it all the time. That's, and then, that's, that's a different
1: level. Yeah, it, that is.
2: I was obsessed. It was bizarre. Yeah. And then, and then sooner or later, somebody says, um, Oh, such and such is looking for a drummer for his band. So on a Wednesday night, I'd be in a garage band playing, you know, pulp and Radiohead songs and Oasis covers and Beatles covers with my mates in a, in a garage band. And then on Tuesday night, I'd be in the local town brass band just because I wanted to play. I didn't care what music it was. You're doing night... what you
0: wanted to do as a kid.
2: Yeah. So every yeah. night of the week I was out playing. And then sooner or later, somebody goes, oh, he needs a band. And then, you, you know, you're in London and the gigs are a bit bigger and people trust you to do a good job. And if you're not a complete pain in the ass you'll, you'll do what it. What was and the first
1: you... biggie where you thought, hold oh, on, this could be a job?
2: Um, well, I was, uh, I went, I went to university and I was going to study law. Um, and you're the full package. Law, you, want to see, drums, you want to see my what? I I,
1: <laughs> nothing. Oh, Anything I, you can't, I, can't do, <laughs> fella. Can you do a pod? I'm really, I'm really bad. Have you got a mid table pod? <laughs> you really got dwindling numbers on your pod?
2: We haven't. We haven't. <laughs> I've. Uh, I'm. I'm really bad at walking in a straight line and all sorts of stuff. It's of stuff. I'm terrible. Um, sorry. At. Yeah, you're at uni and you were going to
1: do
2: law. Well, I was yeah. at uni. I was going to do law, but um, it was a five year course. It was four years of, of the degree, and then if you wanted to be anything interesting, like a litigator or a barrister or something like that, then you'd have to take the bar, which is an extra year. And um, I was six months in, and I was sort of saying to my folks, like, I, I, you know, I, I want to sort of play the drums, and they were so supportive. They were like, Well, look, just you're sort of playing the drums anyway, just do, do a different course. So I did English, ended up doing English and drama and, uh, which was only three years. And I was basically paying my way through uni paying like the halls off by doing gigs, you know, weddings and bar gigs and bar mitzvahs and anything really that would pay. And, uh, it was a case of leaving uni. And then I was kind of doing it anyway, just sort of barely, barely able to stay afloat, obviously at the very beginning, lived off baby food for a little while and stuff like that. And, um, and then my first gig, I suppose, with, with Natasha Beddingfield. Do you remember Natasha Beddingfield, yeah. David, yeah. David's sister? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did that. And then the guy who was a musical director on that, when that finished, or I left that and uh, her brother's band came over, um, was like, oh, I'm going on to this other thing. There's this, uh, There's this girl group, you know, are you around on these dates? And I was like, yeah, I am, yeah. And then I met the bass player on that girl group. And he was like, well, I'm doing this recording for this thing. And, you know, you'd be great for it because it's right up your street. It's the sort of music you're into and all that. I was like, great. And then I knew somebody else. And then you do you do something else for somebody or you do recording and people talk and they're like, have you heard this album? It's great. It's like, oh, yeah, Mark Pusey did the drums on that. Oh, well, really? I'll get, him to, do, I'll get oh. him to do my thing. There's no, oh. there's, no agent. there's no real agents. There's no real agents. I mean, there are sort of agents for, for some bits. And there's no you didn't put an advert in the evening standard going a, a drummer for hire or anything. At this level, it's all really word of mouth because yeah. there's so much more to it than just doing the gig. Mm. So you, you can't be a pain in the ass. I mean, I don't know how I've gotten away with it because I'm generally a pain in the ass, but I, you know, you, you're on stage for an hour a day and then 23 hours of that day, you're on a tour bus or you're in catering or you're with yes, management yes. and if you were the guy you know so i won't mention the artist but there was a drummer who was one of my favorite drummers when i was a kid i used to sneak into jazz clubs to watch him play because i was i was under 18 i used to sneak into him play and then sneak out before the end of the set he was doing a gig and i got a call from the music director on that gig saying can you can you come and, and do a few shows on this gig and i was like yeah but my, one of my favorite drummers, this guy's doing it. I used to sneak into jazz clubs to watch him play. Like, what do you mean? You know, he's doing that gig and he's amazing. What do you want me for? And they were like, well, just, just get here and I will tell you all about it. So I did. ended up doing this gig and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I was like, you need to tell me why you're not using this guy anymore. He's one of my favorite drummers. He's one of the best drummers in the world. And they were like, Oh yeah, on the stage, he was great. But you know, you'd finish the you'd finish the gig, and it'd be like, why is the bus leaving now? And well, can we turn the air conditioning on? It's boiling in there. Yeah. why why are there cucumbers in these sandwiches? Everything yeah. off the stage. He was an absolute pain in the ring piece. So they they got rid of him. It doesn't sort of matter how well you do the job because there are other people that can do that job. I love
1: that because I think I can I can be like wallpaper. I could be invisible. So I could be. I love the idea.
2: It's not just being good; it's being nice. It's being nice. It's it's, it goes so it goes the least
1: rock and roll story I've ever heard and that's what I wanna hear.
2: Mate, but say say you had to pick pick a a crew of people to go away with on a I don't know, on a on a on shoot or a comedy a comedy shoot. Are you going to pick the very best people in the world who you don't know, or are you gonna pick people who are really fucking good and who are your mates? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's it. That's the same. That's that's how the masons work, right? It's just a network of people you know who can do the job, who you trust. It's like, and that's the way the world goes round. It's oh, you should get this guy. I saw him at the. I saw him at this this thing, and he's a really nice bloke, and he's fucking good because obviously he's doing that job. So, and that's it. That's literally it. Oh, my wife's. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just uh, <laughs> recording a podcast. Sorry. Well, you don't seem sorry.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, you're still <laughs>
1: here. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a question for you, Mark. David, we've got we've got a postman issue. I want to run this past you, David. David's got an office at the bottom of his house, right? Right. So, that, where his office is there. So, the, the main chunk of his house is above his office, but the postman occasionally. So, David, how big's your office? About seven foot to where you are, maybe.
2: From the, door. from the door to
1: here, yeah, yeah. 20, so foot? Ch- twenty foot. Sorry, twenty foot. And the postman occasionally. Thank
2: God, you're not a estate agent.
1: Well, <laughs> good point. I've only been there once, in my defence. Okay. And uh, and the postman comes in
0: and puts the post on David's desk. Yeah, so I'm working here. <laughs> what? And he'll Just... come through the door. Yeah. He'll walk. It will take two seconds <laughs> to walk here. There's a bit of And he'll go, There you go, mate, and he'll Thanks very much. And then he'll what Thoughts That's Mark? weird, isn't it? just what do you think about that, Mark? What about if your
1: milkman came in as we were chatting and said, There's a pint of uh, skim milk for you there, Mark?
2: Yeah, it's better gold. Uh,
1: I I clicked the money on Friday. Bye mate. Have
2: a good pub bit weird, isn't it? Do you know what? It's a real dilemma because it's obviously weird. It's a real infringement <laughs> of your personal space. But at the same yeah. time, like if he comes to the d- it, but what would be weirder, that or if he came to the door and just sort of put his hand over the threshold and just dropped it on the floor. And I'll as take mail, that. Mate... I'll take that.
0: Yeah. I think he
1: should I'd do neither.
2: That. No,
0: no, neither. Put oh, it yeah, knock on... Oh yeah, one second. Take Yeah. yeah. Be normal.
2: <laughs> Does he so hang much. on a minute. Is the door yeah. open? No, it's shut. <laughs> so he lets himself in. That's yeah, he lets weird. himself that's in. Weird. It's fucking weird. That's weird. It's quite, it's quite glass.
1: It's a lot of glass, so you can see in. But the car's in the way and stuff, so it's not
2: like...
0: Yeah, no, what, he's made a we- decision to enter my space. That's what she said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> see, that's why I wanted to learn the trombone. That would have been perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we think he thinks David's like the receptionist.
2: You know, and basically, (laughs) thanks, thanks, Mike. Sorry, can you give this to David, please? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a really weird dilemma.
0: Some drummer questions. Sorry, I, I, I want to make the most of you here. <laughs> Go on. I've I've got like maybe five rattling around my brain at the moment, but the first one is, um, according to you, who is technically the best drummer
2: ever? Ah, uh, I mean, it, if you ask me in an hour, it will be different. But my my absolute all time favourite was a bloke called Carlos Vega, and he was a studio musician in Los Angeles, and he played with James Taylor. And he played with linda ronstadt basically if you put on heart or magic or smooth now it will be one of three or four drummers me. yeah i am
1: i am that guy
2: right so okay. it'll be one of three guys that play all that stuff probably oh. jeff jeff Beccaro, carlos maybe hal blaine or or, or jim kelton or one of those guys john robinson but carlos was my absolute favorite but also you know, there's a list of them. There's like a top, the top three or four would be Carlos Vega, Jeff Porcaro. Jeff Porcaro used to play in a band called Toto. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Toto. W- weren't they all session musicians? Toto? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they were all session cats, and 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 Jeff was Jeff was like the biggest session guy in the world at that stage, and he also, with his session buddies, was oh. in was in Toto. But um, you know, Ringo Starr. I mean, so all of the best drummers in the world now, all of my heroes, the guys that I look up to. We were all watching the Ed Sullivan show in 1964 when Ringo played with the Beatles. And they all had that moment that I had where they turned around to their mums and was like, Mum, I'm to do that. Look I at that. That's why. Wicked.
0: What was he doing that was different?
2: Well, it was the Beatles. They were, they just, it was rock and they had long hair and they had great tunes. And it was. Why do was...
0: people, why over the years have people looked down their nose at Ringo? What was he Because I do don't get that... it.
2: Because I don't get it because it's I mean, there are loads of drummer jokes and and some of them are brilliant, you know, like how, you know, how do you know when there's a drummer at your door because the knocking speeds up, you know, (laughs) what's the best way for a drummer to get fired from a band? tell the songwriter oh i've written a song oh, you want to hear it you know, <laughs> yeah. all this sort of stuff yeah. but, but then the better you get and the, and the better standard of gigs people appreciate the drummers more it's usually the first thing to go down in a record session they're the anchor they're driving the ship so to speak just to give you some boating metaphors bring it full circle you know yeah there yeah. you go energy that's it yeah. energy. um so and you know Ringo was Thomas the Tank Engine and he kind of sounds a little bit like that a little, a little bit yeah. slow sorry Liverpool that was a terrible impression but um yeah you know so so he gets the you know he gets the brunt of it because he didn't write the songs he's not Lennon and McCartney so they're like, oh he was just a hanger on but the parts that he came up with I could sit behind a drum kit now if there was one nearby and play something and you'll be like oh that sounds like uh that sounds like Come Together or that sounds like Strawberry Fields or that sounds like right, Ticket, right. Ticket to Ride. And for a drummer, given that they don't have a tuned instrument, they just got beats they can play, for a drummer to come up with something that inventive and that unique, those parts, it's just so bonkers. I spend my life doing sessions and on album sessions, they're like, right, what can I play that isn't just boom ba boop, boop, ba boop. boop but what will make it a little bit interesting, oh. a little bit inventive? And Ringo, Amazing. song after song after song after song, came up with this inventive stuff that didn't get in the way, that was properly groovy and enhanced the song, made it sound better. And he inspired generations of people. So Ringo was one of the best drummers that ever lived in
1: my life. I, I know nothing about music. But I oh, come that, on, mate. I know a lot about music. If you haven't heard the part, I am a bit of a guru. You know enough, son. I know. Yeah. So, when <laughs> when you go in a session as a drummer, what do you, do you you just got like a blank page and you go, they, they, they might play you a bit of the song. You know, what would you put underneath that? Or
2: do they have an idea? Or... It absolutely it, it is. It could be
1: utterly anything.
2: terrifying. One from, so you do a movie soundtrack. You like, sell like one of the Harry Potter movies that you go in there and there's an orchestra with what? 80 You did 80, Harry 80. Potter. Did the, we played some percussion on the last one. Yeah. But we've but did, did, done like soundtracks to... We've just done... In the last few months, I've been away with Ed on tour. But before that, we did... There's a new movie. Ed Sheeran. With,
1: You've been away with Ed Sheeran? Actually,
2: I, I must yeah. ring him. <laughs> yeah. Ask him a ring. Ask, ask I fa- him I thought I'd
1: fallen out with
2: him. <laughs> I need that tenor back. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, so, so in like November, December, when I was home, we did um, a movie called Argyle, which has got Henry Cavill in. Um, the Superman guy. That's like a James Bondy kind of movie. And we did Wicked. There's a new movie that uh, Ariana Grande and Jeff Goldblum are in, the soundtrack to that. Uh, did um, a Back to Black, a new movie about Amy Winehouse. And you go into these sessions, and there might be an orchestra there of 88 people, and you're watching the movie on the screen, and you're basically playing along. Now, if everybody's just making up what they want, it's going to sound like a car crash so in those particular scenarios you get written music you get manuscript that that you have to follow exactly because everybody needs to be literally and figuratively on the same page but then you might go into an album session for an artist who just got signed and they've written a song they've written a demo and it's just a rough thing on the guitar and they're like oh yeah we want to put the band on this so what would you play to this and then you come up with some ideas you're like oh. well it's is that nice. the most it's- fun
1: is that the most fun I, I
2: love both of them. I love I love how challenging the reading part is. That's really cool for me. Uh, and I also love the creativity of the other stuff. But then again, I've been in studios with artists where they've got a demo together and they've got some rough drums that they've programmed, or they've just tapped a table. And you go in and you're like, do you know what? What you've played really suits the song, so I'm not going to change a thing. And everything in between. You might go, do you know what? What you've played is awful. Or somebody's like, oh, I came up with this idea and they're very precious about it. So you've got to be respectful and play what they've written. And then other times you're like, do you know what? Would you mind if I just have a go? Because I've got something in my head that you haven't heard that you might really like. So you end up playing something, they're like, oh my God, that fits. And a lot of the time they come up with these bonkers adjectives and stuff you know people that don't speak drums because it's very very different there might be a singer-songwriter who goes oh do you know the bridge to this song i imagine it like really like really yellow and flowery and you like, know what to,
1: i'd know what to do in that situation
2: Perhaps. you would yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well hopefully me too like you think okay yellow Hands, and flowery. Foot leg hand foot leg exactly right exactly right yeah uh, but but you but you think to yourself like well, okay. Well, there's no drums that sound flowery, but you, what you probably mean is something bright and colourful and airy and sort of like no like yeah, not that, not that, no, no, not that. <laughs> Some sort of pseudo jazz <laughs> scat, yeah, yeah. Can I ask uh,
0: a question about yeah. you've worked with Elton John? Yeah. What when you work with him, could you see why he's become sort of iconic? What's special yep. about him?
2: He's brilliant. He's a really he's a fantastic songwriter over the years. He's he's obviously, but everybody can witness that because he's, he's had so much success and he's, he's driven and he's an amazing piano player. I mean, I know it, it's a bit sort of at times honky tonk and he's got his own style and all the rest of it, but he was a, he's a classically trained pianist and he's exceptionally great at playing piano and musically as well. He's, he's just a bit of an icon. He's a bit of a G, you know, he's, he's, a character he's flamboyant he's he's funny he's quick and he's sharp and he's funny and he's cutting and brilliant mark you're an amazing
0: musician obviously can you sort of understand or work out how he's written so many
2: no hits? no i can't no i don't so i i try right i write songs with mates and you know you you needle about on it but there, there there's something so magical about having something from nothing So, if somebody comes to me and goes, I need drums on this, or this movie needs drums, that's all great and all very well and good. But to sit there with a guitar or a piano and just come up with something that never existed before, that boggles my mind. And to do that once or twice, to be a one hit wonder, that's one thing. But then to be as, I mean, to do like Paul McCartney started in, you know, from the 60s till now, he's written, he's been in bands, he's had number ones, he's been solo artist, he's headline Glastonbury like that. How are you still doing that? It's obviously not a fluke. You're not a one-hit wonder, but yeah. how,
0: how how do you like, keep writing songs that connect with everyone?
2: It's I've got no bizarre. idea. And
0: yeah. Ed,
2: Ed, Ed is the contemporary of that. He's I, I really think he's so exceptionally good. Like the amount of people that come up to me and go, Oh, thinking out loud, that was our wedding dance. Or Perfect was playing when we got engaged, or or whatever else. And it's and he's hit that zeitgeist of Wedding songs, perfect, and uh, he's got songs about first born, uh, b- becoming a parent for the first time, and about loss, and about love, and about everything. And there, you know, there's a song he wrote for his friend Michael Gadinsky, who was one of his Australian promoters, his Australian promoter, um, called Visiting Hours, which countless people have subsequently said to me, "Oh, we played that at my at my granddad's funeral, or, or or this funeral, or that funeral," and and it's not. It's not cynical. He hasn't gone, do you know what I need to write is a good funeral song or do you know what I need to write is a good love song. He's written these because he's been through those experiences and the way he talks about it and expresses it is through song and they're experiences that have happened to him. And it just so happens that he's got such a, a, a public, a common touch, if you like, mm. that people go, oh my God, me too. I know exactly what he means. I've been through that. Mm. Or, or he's put that grief or that loss in words, it's a beautiful melody, and I'm going to listen to that and remember my whoever. You know, mm. it's it's absolutely bonkers. Wow. I, I can't fathom it, but when I find out, I'll let you know. But I don't think I ever will.
0: I spoke to a studio engineer not long ago, and he was chatting about all the people he's worked with, and we um, started talking about all the arseholes <laughs> he's worked with.
1: Did you get quite quickly to them? Did you go, Who's
2: yeah. an arsehole? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, cut the shit, <laughs> tell me about the assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is all well and good, mate. Annoyingly, annoyingly, I can't put it out, but he said, bleep this, James. He said, this person, for people, it's like engineers, have to be paid double to work with them because he's right. that much of a nightmare. And it's... Um...
2: <laughs> Do you know what? I mean, if that's getting bleeped out, then yeah. I, I've met that person yeah, And um, they are probably the, one of the most exceptional vocalists I've ever seen in the flesh. They are wow. insane in terms of tuning, in terms of melody, in terms of tone and pitch and everything. They are so exceptional. But I understand why he said that. Really? And do you know the other person he said? Joe Wilkinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. my mum will be terribly upset if she hears that.
1: I like how how up to date these references are. Yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah. that person that we bleeped out,
0: what is it about them in that environment that makes you tricky?
2: I I just I couldn't tell you because being a free being a freelancer, like I said, you know, it's important for you not to be an arsehole. So yeah. as I'd much agree as with I'm that thinking, in any situation, really, of course, you've got to be, be go, Yeah,
1: yeah. Just don't. he
2: must
0: be incredibly talented. This person. But yeah, it, it's still, yeah it's it's, the career to continue
2: yeah wildly talented and like i say he's got the chops as well he is an exceptional vocalist exceptional uh in every in every possible way um it can range from anything from having a bad day to having an engine to, ha- to having something in his brain that he's like i want it to sound like this and the engineer set it up the way he normally sets it up and the person in question is going what are you doing and not, that's not what i want yeah. And it's really difficult and doesn't have the emotional intelligence to you know articulate what he wants, or it could be that he's just a bit of a prick. <laughs> so it could do be either
1: these? or
0: <laughs> And do you know the other guy the other person he said is an absolute delight. Go on.
2: <laughs> I can believe that, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to be uh there's a lot to be said for like having a career that's gone on for 60 years yeah. and, you know. Well, you people... it down to it is now. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's it. I have a friend called Pete who um, knows his music. And when, whenever he starts talking about session musicians, I get so excited. Oh, yeah? Because they're the unknown. Yeah. Because you've played on tracks, popular, iconic tracks, that you just go,
2: no one knows, so you did it. Yeah, you're yeah. walking down I, the
1: street and it's so exciting. I'm, yeah. I might be on
2: that thing you're listening to. Yeah. Right do you know do you, yeah, do you know what it, do you know what, what the, the absolute buzz is when you're going around a supermarket or B and Q or somewhere like that and um other DIY stores are available, uh you and you're walking around and all of a sudden you're like, Wait a minute, I I think I'll play drums on this. Yeah. And it'll be it'll be something that you're like or, or you're, you're listening to the radio. Tall speakers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're, you're listening to it. <laughs> <listening.
1: laughs> Second best song ever made. That's brilliant. Second Lovely.
0: best song ever made. Oh, so what's the what's the next drumming job you've got? So up?
2: we're we're on the um on a world tour with Ed Sheeran. Oh wow, you're so, still on it. Yeah. So we're we're going basically making our way around the world. We did nine months of Europe last year. How tired was um, that? Yeah, I mean, you get there's downtime, you know, but you get so, for example, like last year because. Because of Brexit, I don't want to bring it up and get political, but you can only do 90 days in Europe at a time in every 180. It doesn't matter if you've got visas. It doesn't matter anything. You're only allowed in for 90 days. And, of course, because of the size of Ed shows, they're all stadium shows, you can only do so many gigs where, you know, between between each show it takes – five days to pack up the gear, take it to a new stadium and set it up again. So five days to pack it up. It's massive. And 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 take it to a new stadium, set it up again. It's a massive endeavor. And so all that time, all the crews, 90 days are getting eaten away. So we're basically going to have to do Europe in over the course of three years or there or thereabouts, two two years. So we did Europe and the UK and Ireland last year. This year we've just and then we had three months off over Christmas. And then in January, we went to New Zealand and Australia and we got back uh, just under a week ago. And um, we've got six or seven weeks off and then we go to the United States for five months. Wow, um, what a crazy life you've got. Yeah, but but then, you know, I don't, I don't always tour. You know, 2017 was the last big tour I did. Uh, and since then, it's really been studio work and, you know, album stuff and theatre stuff and, you know, small UK tours and stuff like that because world tours haven't really been happening since... The beginning of covid and uh and uh now that they're now that they're back again it's 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 back out on that so i'm sort of taking it easy for i've got some recording stuff i did some recording last week and i've got some this week and some next week and some film soundtrack bits and um and then uh and then yeah but i'm sort of trying to take it easy and be around for uh family and all the rest yeah. of it you know while i'm uh while i'm here you know and uh and then back out for five months in
1: so you're squeezing in L- RNLI stuff as well. At the
2: moment. And that's it. And like I was saying before, the, the beauty of it being 24-hour shifts is, or, or sorry, 12-hour shifts is, I know my diary at the moment. So I know that I'm going to be around for six weeks, so I can book in a bunch of shifts. So, yeah, I'm there. Is
1: it the same people that you were? Well, like if you go away for six months, and you come back and you go, who's this lot?
2: Yeah, yeah. Some of the crew. I mean, the, the, that station's been going for just over twenty years, and some of the guys have been there for twenty years. Mm. Um, there are new recruits because you know people move out of London, or yeah, yeah. People, You know, people ebb and flow, or they have kids, and they find out they can't volunteer the same amount of time that they always used to, or whatever reason. It chops and changes, but yeah, there are always familiar faces there for sure. Can I ask one one more question? Yeah, ask away. Um, we're going back to Elton
0: John. <laughs> but I'm never ever going to play an instrument in a studio without John. So I really want to know what it feels like. You're you've never met him before. The first time you meet, him, you've never met him before. You're in the studio. He walks in. He's written Rocket Man. Blah 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 blah. blah. He then, you then have to play the, the drums for the first time in front of him for a new tune of his. How are you feeling?
2: Um. All oh, right. I mean, it, it's weird. It, it's because sometimes you get imposter syndrome, like, oh God, I'm I'm mm. not supposed to be here. And I think everybody, anybody with any sort of artistic or creative bent, gets that. Um, but then you have to sort of put yourself together and go, I'm good at this. That's why I'm here. They haven't called me in because I'm a bit shit. You know, they've called me in because they think I'm the right man for the job. So let's prove them right. And you do it, and you just, I and love
1: you, the attitude.
2: with with humility, you know, you, you're like. I'm going to listen. I'm just going to get big ears on and I'm going to have a listen. And and again, it's emo- so much of it is emotional intelligence. If you're if you're playing something that you think is great and they're looking around at you going, well, it's probably not working. So just change it up a bit. Just uh, try everything and, and be honest and communicate. And, and you'll run a track down and it might go really well. You might be first take and they might go, yeah, sounded great, guys. That's fantastic. Or they might go, oh, do you know what? The drums are a bit busy or a bit lively, or, you know, it needs a bit, something a bit stronger, or the rhythm's not right. And you, you, you're humble enough and have enough humility to go, what do you need to hear from me? And you adjust it accordingly. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's, it's a conversation. It's never, you know, there's plenty of dick waving that goes on in the music business, but in terms of a, a session thing, I want people to come out of the experience, you know, having hired me or, or, or working with them to go, Oh, nice bloke, and you know, did a really good job, and actually gave a shit. You know, it, and that's what you got to do. You got to give a shit. You got to make sure that it doesn't. You, you can call me terrible. What I just played could be terrible. Call it out. Say it's terrible. So long as we get to what you want, yeah, that's I'm done, and I'm happy, and mm. I'm, I, I'm, I feel okay about putting the invoice in if you are happy with it. You know, so it's just yeah. about having the emotional intelligence to, to 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 want to do a good job, to do a good job, and. You know, like I say, everybody gets racked with imposter syndrome and like, oh God, am I going to, big red light's going to go on. I'm going to fuck this up. You know, when you're, when you're filming, I bet you go for takes and in between like corpsing and that, I bet. but you know, you get, you get a line wrong three times and you know, all of a sudden the second AD sort of looks out from over his thing or the script supervisor goes, no mate, it's Hello, how are right, you? Man. Okay, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I know it's... they
0: do. I know yeah. they do. You've
1: <laughs> heard what I've heard from, have you? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Everyone's heard that David doesn't listen to line line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's, yeah. Exactly, it's exactly the same deal. It's like you want to do a really good job and you want to have fun doing it and you want everybody there to go, do you know what the best thing in my job is? Is being asked back. Is doing a session with a producer... And then all going home and going, God, I hope I think that was all right. And then it comes out on the radio or whatever. It doesn't maybe, or what happens? And then six weeks later, your phone rings and it's them. Oh, are you around to do another one of these? uh," And you're like, oh. "Oh." Now you're cock of the walk. Now you're cock of the walk, yeah. That's right. Because somebody going, it's all very well and good getting a gig and doing it, but making a career out of it and having longevity out of it and being asked back by people, that's enough to make you feel like, Oh, they've got confidence, in what I did a good job last time, so they've asked me back. Yeah, I didn't insult yeah. anybody or their wives or anything, and I did a good job and didn't stink or, or you know whatever else. It's it's um, yeah. that's that's the key. Oh, I've absolutely loved this. Yeah, so have I. I, I've i got to say as well, like, uh, and not playing smoke or anything, but I, I think the funniest moments that me, so me my two of my best mates, Steve and the Stephen Ben, have probably said maybe twice a day for the last however many years, eight eight years. Uh, every time we go to the bathroom, it's like, how is your ass shot to shit? <laughs> I think I, I think the amount of times I said well, that and have arse- <laughs> left that, <with> <laughs> yeah. that? planet <laughs> 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 My arsehole no. my asshole's got no latch.
1: Oh right. fucking hell just got twitched tw- tw- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The amount of times, the amount of
2: times I'm talking like oh, God, in conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm talking about in conversation. The amount of times that's come out and <laughs> and the funniness and 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 you know, people people are, are kind and you know. So like, oh, I learned to play drums to this, or you were on this, and it made oh, my son want to play the drums. Just doing that is just really like without being too cheesy about it. or it's really like humbling, and it's really it's like oh, really? What? I, huh, that was an afternoon for me. Yeah, you know, it was just going to yeah. work, and and somebody's it's either got somebody into to music, or it's got somebody into comedy, or idiots in the pub are reciting these lines. I'm really know. hoping
1: someone's kid hasn't got into it due to how's your song. <laughs>
2: <arsehole? laughs>
1: yeah, a broken <laughs> rectum.
2: But it's it's really nice. It's it's the it's the nicest thing about being able to do this this stuff yeah. that, that um, you know that people are like it makes a real difference, and it's ridiculous because. It's going to make somebody's day, you know, they quote something from a TV show or they, or they you know, or whatever. And it's like, oh, that was me. That was, that was great.
0: I love that you've laid down these iconic drum tracks and pop songs and
1: <laughs> We've done and our that. contribution <laughs> to the planet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's I think our that. one's going to be that. deleted before yours. <laughs> Let's put it that it's, way. It's,
2: it's more than that. It's more than that. And uh, you know, we did we, we did win an Oscar for we did win an Oscar for best uh, original motion soundtrack picture, and did win did a you? Grammy award and a Gold Globe. But you know, my asshole's got no latch.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and people <laughs> loved it.
1: I want an Oscar instead of
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe me,
1: I haven't got an Oscar. Can I swap that line for your Oscar? <laughs> that's in as in El- as in
0: Elton's house or some shit. That's that's, uh... that's, that's, that's that's nothing to do with me. Well thank you, Mark. That was amazing. Yeah, I've loved it. Really fascinating.
2: fascinating. Yeah.
1: Got, thanks so got... much for having me on. It's no, th- no, thank you. It's um, thanks for you know taking time to chat to us
0: about. I can't believe you're the same guy that we talked about sort of bodies in the Thames about an hour ago. <laughs> I'm right? still
1: reeling at the uh, gear change of what's Elton John because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> I hadn't twigged. I'd forgotten at that point that. So I was like, oh, God, David's got the wrong person. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Oh, right, really? So, well, no, for a half a second, I was like, what's he doing? What's he doing? Oh, nice. And then I was nice. like, oh, yes, of course, of course. Imagine yeah. that, he's
2: a really stiff life, man. What What do you mean, Elton John? What? Nothing. Anyway, how's <laughs> it? Yeah.
0: It's suddenly dawned on me again. You, you do all your music, and then you go and save people.
2: Yeah. Fucking well, bloke, I, you are.
0: There's,
2: yeah. a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a team of us, so it's it's not yeah. nice. No, it's, it's team effort. It's, as with anything. Amazing. And Just you're there. humble, not oh, you quite evident? Yeah, and, and I'm the cheapest drummer <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> the cheapest drummer in my price range as well. So it's uh, oh. it's very, yeah, it's very, I'd have 10 pounds for that invoice. Yeah, you will, well, maybe it. I will. By the yeah. way, where do I stick the invoice for this? Is uh,
0: see you later, Mark. All right,
2: all the best, then. Picture, mate. Love this picture.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all the best. Yeah. All thank the best. you you're so much, up. Mark. That was obviously, right. yes, brilliant. thanks
1: a million, mate. Yeah. Absolute Loved pleasure. It. Thanks for Loved having me on. Thanks a lot. Cheers. You too. All the best. Cheers, mate. Bye.